So today we'll look at, um, I don't even know how to title what we'll look at today. Maybe priesthood or something, I, I don't know. It's common knowledge for those who've sat under the word of God to know that the believer has been made into a king and a priest, right? Right? For those who've sat under the word of God, it's common knowledge to know that a believer has been made a king and a priest. Now, there is a way that priests live and there is a way that they ought to do things. Are you listening? There is a way that You can't. I'm trying to move at the pace of the Spirit of God. So let me not rush certain things. You can't necessarily have a 10 minutes prayer life and call yourself a priest a certain way. I don't know if you, you get it. There is, there is just a way. You see, when, you, when I read the New Testament especially, I get amazed at how sometimes the apostles lived and how when I look at even the Old Testament and how the, 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 the prophets and the, the judges, the, the priests and everyone, how they lived, there was a pattern. There was a way they were living which was distinct from the rest of the world. But now, when we talk about living a certain way now, of course, it's we narrow it down maybe to um, living a godly life, which is true. However, aside from living in a godly manner, there's a certain way of consecration that God demands for priesthood. There's a certain way of there's a certain way of giving yourself to something that God demands when it comes to priesthood. It's, it's, it's a demand that God gives. And you will notice from the scriptures that the apostles didn't necessarily live like the rest of the world. They didn't, live like, they didn't even live like, like the rest of the brethren. Sometimes priesthood demands that you separate yourself even from the brethren in terms of how you live, in terms of how you conduct yourself in certain businesses or, or in, in certain ways. You understand, right? Do you see how a student who knows that his he, he, he CAs are in shambles dedicates themselves to books? Have you ever noticed? There's a way they give themselves. Like even if he was lazy the whole semester, you all of a sudden you will know that this, it depends on me now. Let's see, like it, it's, it's two hours to save your semester, to save your year. Am I right? Why? Because you know that if you don't give yourself a certain way, chances are that you will not produce the result it's supposed to produce. Now, if you barely give yourself or to, uh, to priesthood, how do you think you actually get the results God demands of you in terms of your calling on your life? If there isn't a certain level of consecration, because one thing you will notice about priests in the scriptures. Now, maybe for those who don't know, priests are not those who belong to the Catholic Church only. Let's start from there. The basics, right? Maybe for what you know, it's just those who wear robes, eh? And they don't marry, right? And some of you can never be you, eh? <laughs> can never be you, eh? Hi, Pete. <laughs> With this rapture about to take place anyway, it will be the same anyway for some of you. 
you just be caught up in your in the state you are in. <laughs> and so shall we be with the Lord forever. <laughs> you will be his, you will be yours. You have that experience. Amen, sisters. <laughs> They've said amen. Lord, you've heard your daughters. <laughs> amen. So, I'm trying to ensure that I don't leave out certain things. So, when we talk about priests, we're not just referring to those who belong to the Catholic Church. Are they priests? Yes, they're priests. Okay? They're priests. But in the scriptures, I'll show you from the scriptures that it's beyond just uh, what has been termed as priesthood in today's world. Amen. Now, one of the roles, or rather the major roles of a priest, the major, before anything else, a priest stands before God to represent the people of God before the Lord. Are we together? It means you stand before God and you represent the people of God. Notice, I didn't say the children of God, I said the people of God. Because the child of God can represent himself. <laughs> so, and then the other role that you get to have as a priest is that you actually have the responsibility to communicate the presence of God to others. Let me say that again. You actually have the responsibility tell your neighbor I have the responsibility to communicate the presence of God to others yes and that's why if you are serving in the house of God you actually have to live a consecrated life if you are serving God in whatever capacity you are serving him you actually have to live a consecrated life you actually have to live a separated life from the rest. And when I say the rest, not just the world, but even your brethren. Because sometimes you have brethren who are prayerless. Sometimes you have brethren who just have an ordinary prayer life. But for you, you know that there, is, there should be nothing ordinary about how you pray and when you pray. Are you listening? So it means there is a demand on your life. And I'm talking to someone now. There is actually a demand on your life. A demand. And sometimes you can actually that there is a demand on my life. And because there is a demand on my life, I can't afford to pray like everyone else. You can't afford it. Everyone else can pray, but is it necessary to pray that long? For you, that's not even a question. For you, it's uh, how many more hours should I add? You understand? Yes. I'll give you an example. If you know that God has got a purpose, and there I'm not talking about the purpose, you know, God has got a purpose for everyone. No. Everyone believes that. Eh? <laughs> you all believe it. That God has a purpose for everyone. Eh? Ah, wonderful. 
Now, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when, where there is actually a specific one and you know about it. If you believe that there is such a thing on your life, brothers and sisters, there is, if you've been praying 20 minutes, you have to upgrade. If you've been praying, and one thing I want you to, to realize is, I want you to think about it. One time God tells, or rather Jesus tells the disciples not to depart from Jerusalem in Acts of Dambon. Remember that, right? Until they receive the promise of the Father. Remember that, right? Right? Okay, good. And uh, who was the promise of the Father there? Who was the promise of the Father? Let's all answer. Who was the promise of the Father? At least you have leakage. You know, if you didn't know, now you know. Who was the promise of the Father? <laughs> Wonderful. We're doing great. Now, when the Holy Spirit came, what happened? It was promise fulfilled. Right? Do you know that after the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, there was no promise that was not fulfilled in, in the word of God? There are no promises for you in the scriptures. Okay, that's another story. No, the promises of God are what? Who pro, when did God promise you? <laughs> the Bible says, in him are yes and amen. That means in him they are guaranteed. The, all, every promise God ever had was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. That means Christ is the fulfillment of God's promises to you. Let's not even talk about those who are seeing COVID and keeping God. Let's not even talk about those. Because I don't understand when you enter the covenant with God. I, I don't I don't see when you. <laughs> There's no covenant between you and God. No, but God encountered me in a vision and we made the covenant. That's what God you made. I'm here to announce to you. You are imagining things. <laughs> we'll talk about covenants properly. So that we break them down. Are we together? Yes. One of the ways in which you know you're not in a covenant with God is that when you read the scriptures, pay attention. When you read the scriptures, every time God made the covenant, man had to offer blood. When did you offer it? What you have with God is a relationship, not a covenant. Now, for example, you come from home. The relationship you have with your mother and your father, is that a covenant? The covenant is between the two of them. The marriage covenant, right? You are a product of covenant. Same thing in Christ. You are simply a product. That's why when you say that you are the seed of Abraham, what you are saying is that I'm a beneficiary of a covenant, but I'm not in one. What it also means is that a covenant can be broken by either party. You can't break anything because you are sealed in Christ. So some things you sing, you don't even understand. 
He kept the covenant with Abraham, yes. With Jacob, yes. With you, you have no covenant with God. You have a relationship. You are simply benefiting. So when you look at the covenants that God had in the scriptures, just look at, oh, for me, my benefits are these. Ah, great, wonderful. Thank God for what they did. Story for another. I'll teach you properly on that. What was I talking about? I have so much to say today. <laughs> where, where was I before I talked talk about covenant? Daniel is verifying scriptures. His pastor lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> the promises. Before that, what was I talking about? Yes, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> Why? Why do you guys want to lose me like this? <laughs> You're making me digress everywhere. So you can't afford to live a certain way. I was communicating, I was trying to tell you that a priest is one of the responsibilities that you stand, you communicate God's presence to other people. And I was trying to tell you that, for example, you guys who sing before us, you see, you can't, having a nice voice is not enough. There are people with no nice voices but can communicate God's presence. They don't even have the voice. One time I remember I was in a meeting and I won't mention what meeting but the press team did a bad job. Bad, bad job. You know where they were, they were worshiping everyone was just standing looking at them. Terrible job. And I was supposed to minister. Ask God in the like what, what what next here? Because if this are the people just this hostile, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whoever stood before people and the rest of me smiling. And sometimes when you're a young pastor, people first gauge you. They judge you first. What's this guy gonna talk about? First way first. Start from your accent. And when they are done with that, hmm, your are syndromes. <laughs> then they move. From that, <laughs> start checking other things about you here and there. You, you get it, right? So, I remember I stood there and God told me just do one thing. He said, speak in tongues for one minute. I spoke in tongues for one minute. Almost the whole church was on the floor. Almost everyone. Now, Another person could have done the same simply with a song. But what they went there is that they went for rehearsal and perfected their voice, but no presence. No presence whatsoever. And that's why even you, when you go in your workplace, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the temple of the Holy, but no presence. It means there is, you're not communicating God's presence a certain way to people. You are a but you are not distributing. I don't know if you understand. You see, you should come to a place where you are conscious of the fact that now you've become a dispenser of eternal life. You've become a dispenser of God's presence. Now you are the one known as a priest in your generation. And that's why some of you, even the roles you have in your family is that of priesthood. Because the, your family needs prayer. That's the only thing they need. 
Because once you pray, certain things will go out of the way. That's why God, when God wants to move in a generation, he raises priests first. There is a demand. And I know I'm speaking to someone. There is a demand on your life and you can't afford to be casual about it. You can't afford to be casual about it. In a week, we are praying three times. And those three times, twice we are dozing. Why are you praying while you're on your bed? You even put your blanket on. Let me just pray for one hour. Now, five minutes in the session, you're seeing visions. Now, we don't know what visions are coming from. Whether you're just hallucinating or you're... You're, you know what I mean? Yes, there was a time I remember, I think some, some, some years back, I, I, I fell asleep in prayer and I thought I was seeing visions. Till someone just tapped me like I was dreaming, sir. Was a dream. I knew that God wasn't showing me anything here. It was just me dreaming. No, pastor, but I get, I, I, I get that. Then subdue your body. Then the Bible shows you that you've got power over your own flesh. Yes. Why then are you controlled by your mortal body? Look at the scriptures. The apostles in Acts chapter number 6. Maybe let's read it. Acts chapter number 6. Acts chapter number 6, verse 4. A non-portion of scripture. Acts chapter number 6, verse 4. What does the Bible say? Are we there? Acts chapter number 6, verse 4. 1, 2, 3, go. But we'll give ourselves continually, right? Says, content to what? To prayer. And to the ministry of the way. These guys knew that there was some, there was a demand on their life. They were not meant to save tables. There was a demand. But we'll give ourselves. That means it's something you do. There are times, and I'll tell you this. There are times when the spirit of God will draw your spirit and call you to the place of prayer. But the the greater times, you actually have to draw yourself. I don't know if you understand. There are more times when you actually have to separate yourself like Jesus did. When you look at Luke chapter number 5 verse 17. That you actually to separate yourself and take yourself to the place of prayer. Jesus could actually spend the whole night doing, praying and preach the following, the following morning. There comes a point when actually there is a demand on your life and you have to fulfill it. No, pastor, but me, I'm not, I'm not prayerful. You see, no one, no one was born prayerful. No one was born prayerful. That means you can be trained. You can be taught how to pray. The disciples went to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. Like John taught his disciples how to pray. That means the disciples of John knew how to pray because they were taught. The disciples of Jesus knew how to pray because they were taught. God is calling you. And let's read a few scriptures maybe. When we talk about priesthood, we understand that the first introduction of priesthood, of course, there was a man called Abraham. Remember him, right? Remember Abraham? Great, great man. Abraham was called by God in, in, in Genesis chapter number 12. God called Abraham. And then Abraham, of course, had a son. Remember Isaac, right? Isaac also had a son, right? What was his name? 
people would fill Bible quizzes here. Yo! Isaac's son. What was the name of Isaac's son? Was he the only one for he just said Jacob? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Were they being the only ones? <laughs> in the Bible quiz on these days. I normally I normally do these things when I'm doing with the leaders. The things I see, guys. <laughs> yeah, the last one. I don't want to mention, but it was so embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I don't want to look in the same direction. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. That time you didn't come, you're not there. That's not there. No one got anything everything correct. No, no one got everything correctly. In that case, who? Who did? <laughs> who did? And I was asking simple questions. Simple questions. Just give me the 12 tribes of Israel. <laughs> See how easy it is. Name the 12 disciples of Jesus and how, and how they appear in the scriptures. <laughs> And, and how would you feel such things? How? Imagine if it was you, would you feel? You can't, right? <laughs> so leaders, we're having another meeting soon. Come read. <laughs> quiz after quiz. Until I know you're fit for leadership. <laughs> Praise God. So there was a guy called Jacob. All right? Jacob had 12 sons. Remember that, right? Now, one of the sons of Jacob was a guy called Levi or Levi, depending on where you grew up. Right? And God appointed, or rather, there came a time when God wanted to give an inheritance to the sons of, of, of Jacob. And one of the things that God did for, for Levi is that he told him he, he would have no portion with, with land. And he was going to be a priest. That means... God decided that the priests were going to live not as the rest, but they were going to stand and represent the people before God. Remember that, right? Now, when priesthood was introduced, later on we get to see that there was such a person called a high priest. Remember that, right? Now, what would happen? Maybe I'm just explaining a bit of things here. What would happen with the high priest, of course, is that he would stand before God, of course, with a sacrifice. Right? And also, and would atone for the sins of the children of Israel. Right? We remember that from the scriptures, right? Yes. So, what he would do is that he would confess the sins of the children of Israel on an animal. He would confess. That means whatever it is you've done. <laughs> he would confess it, right? And the Bible records that when he confesses it, when he confesses the sins, he would send uh, the animal in the, in, in the wilderness. And as it goes, of course, all the sins are forgiven for one year. <laughs> for one year, that means whatever you did the last one year, God has forgiven everything. You now start on a new, on, on a new you know, there was nothing. You see, God didn't hold you accountable for anything now. You understand, right? Yes. So that's the picture the people in the Old Testament had. Now, 
It's not surprising what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus. What did he say? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of men. That means the sins of men were laid on Jesus. Now, not for a year, but forever. What it means to believe in Jesus is that the judgment you deserved was laid on him so that the life he had, you can live it now. Are you listening? So, after God called these guys, the, 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 the Levites, let's look at how when God appointed them uh, in the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter number 3, verse 5. Numbers chapter number 3, verse 5. Numbers 3, verse 5. Numbers chapter number 3, verse 5. The Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of, of, of Levi uh, near, and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may serve him. All right? And then it says, and they shall attend to the needs and then uh, to his needs and the needs of the whole congregation before the tabernacle um, of meeting to do the work of the tabernacle. Of course, you read all the way up to verse uh, 12. You get to notice some of the roles that um, the, the, the tribe of, 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 of Levi was, was given. So that's Numbers chapter number 3, verse 5 to 12. All right. But then you will get to notice when you read it from... Um, from Exodus chapter number chapter number 19. Let's get to Exodus. I said chapter 19, right? Verse verse 5, right? Exodus 19, verse 5. 5 and 6. Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6. Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6. Are we there? Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's read it together again. One, two, three, go. Mm -hmm. Yes. That means you shall you shall be a special treasure to me above all my people. Imagine God telling you that. Say, you shall be, you shall be, a, shall be a special one amongst all my people. That's God calling you a favorite. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? And then look at verse, verse 6. One, two, three, go. Who was God talking to there? The children of Israel. He said, you shall be to me what? Shall be to me what? Now, what did Peter say? <laughs> Let's read it together for those of you who don't know it. Have you looked at what the promise that God gave the children of Israel? It says, if they kept the commandments, right? The covenant rather. 1 Peter chapter number 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 
First Peter 2 verse 9. Are we there? First Peter 2 9. Are we there? Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Yes. Read it again. One, two, three, go. Yes. Wait, wasn't this the promise God gave the children of Israel? But is it a promise to you? But it says you are. It doesn't say you have. There were a promise that there would be God's special people. What does it say about you? He calls you his special people now. It means for you, there is no need for to perform certain acts by virtue of being born again. You entered into that world. He says, now you are a holy nation. You are a kingdom of priests. That's what the Bible calls you now. That means at this point, the Bible, the Bible refers, all the duties of a priest has been laid on you. It means that's why I'm telling you, when it comes to, to us who are in Christ, there are no promises anymore. They've been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. When we read the Old Testament, it's full of promises, but it says, but you are. It says, but you are. That means when you read it, it's supposed to say, but I am. I am. I am a chosen generation. I am a chosen generation. That means I've been separated. I've been chosen by God. It means I've been handpicked, separated by God. Are you listening? Yes. And God has now called you a priest unto himself. A priest unto himself. Says God to proclaim. Hallelujah. Says God to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. That means I'm no longer in darkness. That means I can't be in darkness anymore. Because God has called me out. They say he will call you. Says he's called you out of darkness. Called me out of darkness. Into his precious light. Into his marvelous light. That means now I live in the light of God. Now I see in the light of God. Now I function in the light of God. Are you listening? You are a priest in, in Christ Jesus. And there is a demand on your life. There is a demand on your life, brothers and sisters. There is a demand. And that demand, sometimes the Lord can call you. 21 hours is calling you to pray. 22 is calling. It doesn't matter what time. He will, he will call you. And you're supposed to respond. Do you know that there is such a thing called the hour of grace? Let me explain what I mean. There are times when the grace for something is available by obedience. Do you understand? That means if you don't obey in that particular time, the grace for that particular thing, you may lose it. I don't know if you understand that. It means, imagine, imagine if God called Abraham and Abraham said, just give me a year to relax a bit. Just imagine it. There comes a time when 
it's too risky to postpone a prayer session. It's too risky. Not because someone will die. Not because something will happen to someone. But there is grace you need for the journey ahead that you will miss out. I don't know if you understand. That's why obedience is key. It's key. Being obedient to the voice of the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is leading you. Being obedient to that voice. When the Spirit of God is leading you to pray in the Spirit at a particular hour. At a particular moment. Being obedient. I'll give you a story. There was a young man who we won't mention what his name it is. The Lord wakes him up. It's a true story. I'm not fabricating things. The Lord wakes him up. the night to pray. And he decides that I'll pray later when it's okay. So he tries to go back to sleep but the Lord just doesn't give him sleep. He says, you have to. Some of you have been there before where the Lord just takes sleep away from you. said, okay, let me do it. And he goes on his knees and he begins to speak in tongues. And as he speaks in tongues, he's dozing. Because <laughs> he wants to sleep, eh? The spirit is weeding. What's happening in the flesh? It is weak. Yeah. He, he speaks in tongues softly. And then before he knows, it's like the spirit of God has taken over. And now he's doing it aggressively. He goes to sleep. Wakes up in the morning. His sister was involved in an accident. She's the only one who survived. Because she went clubbing on a Friday night. There are things that if you if you decide God has separated me before from a study group to go and pray. Not this nonsense excuses people give. Let me just finish this question. God can say, now, let's go. Draw your spirit. And you're supposed to be obedient. There are others, the Spirit of God can lead you to just speak to them. And that's why, see, you are not of the flesh. Do you understand that? Maybe let me show you a scripture. See, there are scriptures that sobered me up in this life. Let me see if I can find it. It should be Romans 8. 
there are scriptures that have sobered me up. If I can't find it, we'll go on to, to other things. Let's, let's look at Romans chapter number 8, verse, verse 8. Romans chapter number 8, verse 8. And I know here, <laughs> the Lord is doing something. If you, can, if you can sense it, you know the Lord is doing something. Romans 8, verse 8. Are we there? Are we there? What does it say? One, two, three, go. Mm-hmm. What's there? So those who are where? It means if someone is in the flesh, they can't do what? They can't please God. Now, when I read this scripture the first time, do you know what I tried to do? I tried as much as possible to be in the spirit. You know what it means to be in the spirit? eh? For most believers, to be deep. eh? To put a face. When you're praying, just look serious like that. When you're walking, no one should talk to you. Because they, they may steal the anointing or something. I don't know. You have to walk like you're guarding something. You know what I mean, right? I tried to, to do everything I know to walk in the spirit. But I saw the next verse. What does it say? says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. You know what I learned from there? The believer does not try to get in the spirit. The believer tries to get in the flesh. That means for the believer, you are in a constant state of being in the spirit. When you behave like you're in the flesh, you tried, sir. You entered there, but in the natural state for the believer, you are actually in the spirit already. You are positioned there. Do you know why? Because if it's only when you are there that you can receive instructions from the Spirit of God. It's only when you are there that you can receive leadings, promptings by the Spirit of God. That's why when you wake up, you don't try to wake up and get in the Spirit. You wake up in the Spirit. When you pray, you pray in the Spirit. When you do all things, you do all things in the Spirit. Say after me saying, I'm born of the Spirit. Say it louder. Say, I'm born of the Spirit. Therefore, I live in the Spirit. No, say it like you mean it. Say, I'm born of the Spirit. Therefore, I live in the Spirit. Yes. It means don't, you don't try. I don't know if you get it. You don't try. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in the Spirit. No, you remove from the Spirit. Who can remove from a place where God has put you there? That's why some statements don't make sense when, you, when believers make them. You have to be conscious when you wake up. I'm, I, I live in the spirit. 
I see by the Spirit. I hear by the Spirit. I move by the Spirit. I function by the Spirit. I give by the Spirit. I dance by the Spirit. I do all things by the Spirit because I live in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost has now become my residence. He lives in me as I live in Him. In Him I, I move, I live, and I have my being. The very essence of my being now is in Him. I move by the Spirit. When the Holy Ghost leads me to pray, I pray. When He leads me to do something, I do because I'm a man and a woman of the Spirit. We are not trying to be spiritual, we are born of the Spirit. Since that which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And the Bible calls the Spirit man like a wind. Are you listening? Priesthood is a function of the Spirit. You have to catch it by the Spirit. You have to catch it by the Holy Ghost. You have to catch the revelation that now I'm a priest. When you pray for your family, you're not just praying to them as a sister or as a brother. No, you pray to them as a priest. You stand before, before God and say, I'm representing my family. In the name of Jesus, salvation comes in my family. In the name of Jesus, my siblings are born again. In the name of Jesus, my parents are saved. In the name of Jesus, if my brother is about to lose his job, he shall not lose it. In the name of Jesus, you stand as a priest. And from there you graduate, not just a family, but you go to the nation now. You stand and speak over the nation. You are a priest even over the nation. God has given us the nation in our hands as priests. Are you listening? We function by the Spirit. And that's why as a believer you have to be conscious of your role in priesthood. You have to be. You can't live like everyone else, brothers and sisters. You can't live like that. Now we've received the promise of God. We are God's special people. Are you listening, brothers and sisters? And when you look at Revelation chapter number 1 verse 6 and Revelation of course chapter number 5 verse 10, the Bible says we've been made kings and priests. We've been made kings and priests, what the Bible calls us now. How are we together? We've been made kings and? Kings and? Yes. And one of the things that you will notice that in the scriptures... One of the things that you will notice is that when God calls the people a certain way, there's a certain level of consecration he gives them. How together? There's a certain level of consecration he gives them. For example, look at, look at um, Leviticus chapter number 10. Today I've quoted from the Old Testament a lot. Leviticus chapter number 10. Verse 8. Leviticus chapter number 10. Verse 8. Verse eight and verse eight to eleven, Leviticus chapter number ten, chapter number ten, yeah, chapter number ten, verse eight to eleven. Are we there? Leviticus chapter number ten, verse eight to eleven. What does it say? One, two, three, go. Mm -hmm. No, pause there. Aaron was the priest, right? So God is speaking to Aaron, so that Aaron can communicate a message. Are we together? So let's read together. One, two, three, go. Okay, pause there. The sons of Aaron were priests, right? And he told them that they were not supposed to drink anything intoxicating. That means there is no believer permitted to drink alcohol. Are we together? 
No, I drink occasionally. No, you are a priest occasionally then. You are an occasional priest. No, pastor, just a, a weak moment, but you are in the spirit. What weakness? And let me explain to you, there's a difference between weakness and bondage. You can't be doing the same things over and over again and call it a weakness. You are in bondage. You need prayer out of it. You, you've proposed to five sisters already. That's not a weakness. This year already, you've been in five talking stages. No, ladies are not a weakness. You're in bondage. So come, we pray for you. We, we set you free from that bondage. Because what, what, do, what do you think will happen when you get married? You think a ring will just impart faithfulness? When we bless you that day, that faithfulness will just be imparted in your spirit. Yes, Father, I receive it. Isn't that what will happen? No. How many unfaithful married men are out there? They thought they would change when they get married. But they realize that, you see, it, it, doesn't, you see, it doesn't change a person. You understand, right? Yes. So a priest is not supposed to drink intoxicating. Not, not even a bit. No, pastor, but the alcohol level, that's 1%. Don't drink it. They are a priest. No, I, me, I don't even get drunk by this pastor. Me, I just, they are a priest. Behave yourself. No, pastor, but, but it's at the wedding. We're, we're having fun. No, because some things sound nice when it's you. Imagine if it was your pastor drinking what you want to drink. Now it's your man of God now. Like, don't, don't worry. So we're just having fun here. It's at a party. You wouldn't even come to church the following day. That would be the end, right? Yes, because you know that it's not supposed to be done. One time, I, I, someone was even arguing with me. I, 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 told them, I asked them a question. He said, look, I'll give this example. Since you believe that we should be doing this, I want you to take this bottle of alcohol and go to the house of God and drink inside the house of God. He said, no, 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 that's the house of God. I said, but, that's, but your body is the temple. How are you, how are you comfortable taking it in, in, in the temple of the Spirit? It means you respect a physical beauty more than the temple of the spirit. And that's an error. Because that, that, see, that beauty can be sold by the church and they can turn into a bar. Yes. These are buildings. For example, this place we use, when we're here, it's sanctified. But when we leave, we don't know what happens afterwards. You understand, right? We have no idea. Someone will come and have a party right in here. For you, it's church. When you look at it, it's just holy for you. It's church. I listen to the word of God here. But someone else, this is not church for them. When they come here, ah, yeah, 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 that place, I hide there. That means you have to respect the temple of the spirit more than anything. You know you are a carrier. You're supposed to represent God before, uh, before the people. So how, how then are you behaving like them? Priesthood demands separation. It demands separation. It means even the music you listen to. There was a secular artist that died recently. I was shocked believers were mourning her. What are we mourning? No, what are we mourning? There was another artist who died this year. South African. Remember him, right? Peter knows him. He's agreed. He's agreed so fast. I was shocked. Even, even, even speeches by believers. I was like, guys, where did we even know his music? 
No, pastor, that's, that's a little too much. Hmm. Why don't you dance those songs in church then? Since it's okay for you, you, you is a priest. Why don't you just dance those songs? We just, we just play them for you because you enjoy them so much. You love them so much. They mean that you speak, but sad, they don't insult. Who says about insults? The Bible says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Listen, it doesn't say ungodly counsel. It says un- the counsel of the ungodly. means about the person, not what they say. You can't sit, for example, I'm a married man. You, you can't hear me get married advice from an unbeliever. I will never sit to, I will never. What do they know? They have no spirit of God in them. What can they teach me? That's carnality. That's carnality. And that's why young ladies are being taught useless things in the name of traffic and tradition. Because there's no spirit of God inside them. Useless things. No. When he behaves, like just, just me, one of my daughters. You decide to misbehave. I will get her myself. Yes. You, you decide to behave. No. Worse off, you even commit adultery. You see, I will prepare divorce papers. I'm a lawyer. I will make her sign them. It's biblical to, to divorce on those grounds. Very biblical. Let's come. We sign documents here. They are living. No, no nonsense. We, do, we, do, we don't tolerate nonsense. In the name of this teaching, no, just Tusha. With who? With who? No, not, not any of my daughters. Not one will ever go through such things. How together? Yes. So if you're a young man, just behave yourself. That's not a pastor here. We just bring documents at, at, at home. For the both of you to sign it. You, you, whether you want to give me right on me on my one, I'll even come in and say, I did this. Come for more advice. If you also need help, come. Look at what the Bible continues to say. When verse what? Verse 10. What does it say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 11. That means before you teach, there must be a dis- there must be a distinction first between holy and unholy. There must be that distinction first. Someone say priesthood. Say it louder. Say priesthood. Yes, you ought to live a separated life, separated from the rest. Are we together? Very, very, very important. I want us to we'll spend some time in prayer. Maybe in the next five, five minutes. We'll engage in our roles as priests to, to make intercession. That's one of the roles we have. We'll make intercession. And the intercession, I'll give you, I'll give you the directions properly. Out together. One of the other things you will notice in the scriptures that when you look, when you talk about separation. Is a certain group called the, the Nazarites, right? We heard about them, right? Jesus was a Nazarite, right? John the Baptist was a Nazarite, right? Who else was a Nazarite in the scripture? Samson, right? You will notice there are also strict instructions in, 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 in uh, Numbers chapter number, chapter number 6, verse 1 to 5. All right? 
there were strict instructions that you can read it at your own time or the Nazareth, with, with the Nazarites when it comes to when it came to consecration or separation. That means even for you, let's say when you uh, about John the Baptist also being an, an, a Nazarite, uh, Luke chapter number one, verse thirteen to fifteen. Read those scriptures at your own time. I want us to spend more time in prayer before we uh, before we close because I think the service should be ending soon. Praise God. So you must you must understand that there is a separation for, for the Nazareth, for example. One of the one of the things that they they had is that they were not supposed to they're not supposed to cut their hair. That's one of the convenience that they had. They were not supposed to cut their hair. So Jesus being a Nazareth, you know what it meant. That's why people paint him a certain way. It's just from that revelation that probably he looked like this because he was a Nazareth. Amen. You can't imagine a life without a trim. <laughs> Those guys lived it. They are not a Nazareth. So. <laughs> Forgot the barber shop this week. Are we together, Pete? Good. <laughs> to look at the guys where was it <laughs> praise God you have to you have to live a separated life and God demands it God demands it God demands it and the demand that God is placing on your spirit is number one there should be an increase in time of prayer increase the time of prayer increase, increase, increase. There are instructions you can't pick in one hour in prayer. There are instructions you can't even pick in two hours. There are instructions you have to pick, long, you have to stay longer than that. There are instructions, you see, those of you in the prayer team, if the only time you pray is the time that the prayer team is praying, you have no prayer life. Shall I say it again? A prayer team. Raise your hands, those of you in the prayer team. Let me speak to you. If the only time you pray is the time the prayer team is praying, you have no prayer life. Because all you are doing is interceding for us. You have no time to hear God for us. Because the prayer points are, already, are, are given to you. You have no time to pick instructions from the Spirit of God. One of the things you ought to do in prayer is that you must stay long enough to pick instructions when the Spirit of God is guiding. You must stay long enough. There is, I've always said this. There is no way you can last an hour on a phone call with your boyfriend, but you can't last an hour in prayer. It means there is something wrong. Is it because they're chaffing you that they're feeling nice? No, with someone's son, the minutes even finish, you buy other ones. When they are done, you move to WhatsApp. Bundles are done. We don't even know what else you do afterwards. But all we know is that there's a problem. If, if you can spend that much time talking to someone, then how much more God? How much more God? How together? One of the things I was, I was explaining on midweek services, remember I, I talked about weights, right? One of the things I explained, that some of you, the weights are just simply relationships. Yes. When they love you correctly, says you can't help it, but just backslide. No, sisters know what I'm talking about. Because they've loved you correctly. Because they're giving you the attention. So now even time for prayer. It's not there. Because you fall asleep while talking to someone. <laughs> they're loving you right. You even wake up to a good morning text. No time to pray in the morning. You get right into it texting again. Because you're excited about what you're feeling inside. 
are you are a problem. And the prayers we will make. Maybe, maybe the ones who are loving you, I don't deserve your sitting because you deserve. You see, you deserve to pray. I know, sister. <laughs> James, I should come to you. You spend on a debt, but offering. The amount, someone's daughter can just call, I'm out of debt, and you will send immediately. We had project instruments, didn't even give. Oh, you didn't even fulfill your pledge in diary. But you've been going, if you've, if you've gone on a debt from then till now, you didn't even fulfill your pledge in diary. Ah, the Lord is looking at you. <laughs> Giving you an eye. Because you, you can spend on a young lady, but you can't give in the house of God. Shawarma, you buy. KFC, you buy. Nando's, you buy. But offering 10 quarter. It means there's a problem. There's a problem. Brothers, are we together? Do you even dress up nice to come at date? Could you have in sneakers in it? I'm not talking about those who are sneakers in there. You, you get my point. You know how to behave out there. To impress someone's daughter. You know how to do it. You know that's what to say. But in prayer, I have nothing to say. Let's pray. Two minutes you are done praying. But someone's daughter, you got lines upon line. Precept upon precept. You just know what to say. The Lord, you've never told him you love him. Someone's daughter, I don't know how many times you've told her this morning already. It means there's a problem. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, okay, let's stand up and pray before I go. End up shooting, shoot, shooting certain things here. I want us to make intercession. I've told you about your role as a priest. I want us to, you will make intercession. I believe each one of us is coming from a family. I want you to make intercession for salvation every member of the family.